I'm really enjoying the change of season. It yeah. feels like a new... I think it's like... Because I probably have like a hangover from being in education. This is like New Year. Right. You know what I mean? It's a new dawn. This, this is, is like your new life is starting right now. Yeah. And I'm feeling good. Yeah. Feeling fantastic. Um, hello and welcome to another episode of the How Not Podcast. This is a little check-in. A little... Hi, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like we've been smashing out. I was actually thinking about this this morning. We've been smashing out like iconic content. Yes. And we want to give you a breather to take all that in. So this episode might be a little shorter than normal. To be honest, it probably won't because we can talk for fucking Scotland. Yeah. But um, we decided to not give ourselves any huge niche parameter. Um, that was a really good little juxtaposition, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> huge in the sense of like intensity yeah but niche as in we often go for quite specific, specific things, things. Yeah. um so yeah who knows what we're even going to get onto just now kim's eating a bowl this has become a bit of a tradition mm. um podcasting balls but you've now you brought your own balls didn't you <laughs> i did my balls are bright orange and grow on trees your ball i don't even want to know what that's made out of to be honest Is it vegan? Yeah. Probably is, right? Mm -hmm. It's made of nuts. Almonds, cashews. I love a nutty bowl. Delicious. Like, if it's a nutty, yeah, a nutty bowl, you know, like, we're talking about, like, those, like, energy bowl things. Um, I am fully on board. Always. I feel like, based on how much they cost, I should probably make my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I know Ella Honan Ford used to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. She, but she is very makes energy balls, like living that kind of life. She came up on my TikTok feed, like not really? because we move in the same world, but just wow, strong content. Look at her go. She TikTok fame played a little major scale on the piano, <gasps> and then the cat sings the next sings note. The that was amazing. <laughs> That's Luca Caruso's cat. That's some strong content. That was some Loved very it. strong content. Um, shout out to Luca Caruso's cat mm. and Ella for capturing the, the video um, Magic. lovely 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 people so tell us about your life well I've got some fizzy water and that makes me like a millionaire right now because there's a CO2 shortage. oh my god yeah right. <gasps> so I might sell sips of this yeah. in London when I leave Ten or a sip. and I also experienced the battle royale environment of trying to get fuel for my car yesterday. Oh my god. Because one of the minor details the government missed was to allow HGV drivers to work in the UK. Ridiculous. So now there's none. And so you have to bring your kitchen knives and a shield to the petrol station <laughs> to try and fight your way to the pump. It's mental, isn't it? Like, oh, so but we're seeing it across like all industries, like hospitality at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere is hiring. If anyone needs a job, everywhere is hiring. Yeah, the the just like the staff shortages everywhere. I think partly because in COVID, everyone was like, "Fuck this, I'm getting a better job." Yep. Um, but also like Brexit. Like it's just like why did we not? Think about this. Like, obviously, so many people are going to be like, fuck this, I'm leaving, or I have to leave, and then we can't run the country because the, <laughs> no. the world is actually run on immigrants. Yeah. 
which is uh, the incredible thing about it. Maybe they should have checked that before. It's literally like the definition of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. We've shot ourselves in the foot, in the face, exactly. in the dick. Just everywhere. We're just full of holes now. Just like mince, heap of mince. Mince meat. Uh, yeah, it is a nightmare. And also I think because loads of places had to just let all of their staff go in hospitality. Mm. And then now they're, I guess those furlough schemes have kind of dithered to a close. Yeah, I hope that it means the industry gets a bit of a shake-up. This is the optimist in me, um, that perhaps they're going to need to up working conditions, up pay. Mm. Like, I mean, I say that based on my couple of months experience in hospitality <laughs> it's been the opposite you're gonna be the shop um, steward for this yeah hospitality listen union. yeah like i'm here for it um but yeah it's not been going that way at all but um yeah i i hope that they're like shit yeah we need to make this a more enticing industry but they won't because they know that there'll always be people that need the jobs that are desperate yeah exactly um, i don't know that we have we do- there's not much evidence to suggest that that will happen sadly no. No, but evidence nor hope. <laughs> yes, we're devoid of hope completely. Um. Anyway, happy things. Yeah. So, um, what was your best thing that happened since last week? Ooh. Well, I feel like I've been on a bit of an emotional roller coaster, mm-hmm. actually, because I had this, and I think it is important to talk about this because I was talking to somebody yesterday who's a singer, and I told her this really good bit of news that I got, and then. I told her a really bad bit of news, well, like a, a counteract The one-two thing, punch. You know? Yeah. And she was like, I'm really glad you told me that because you don't ever hear about the stuff that you don't get, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's why I felt it was important to tell you because, like, I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm doing this, isn't it? Because, like, reality is I was very, I very nearly got, like, a gig that was, like, a dream gig and then I didn't yep. at the last minute. Yep. So I was really sad about it and I was like, shit I'm really sad about this and then yesterday I got a bit of amazing news that I got something that I really wanted so it was like you know it's it's just the ups and downs of being a creative isn't it and like it's funny how like yeah the down like I was like sucked of all inspiration and just was like can I do this yeah why am I doing it do I want to do it yeah I think I just want to keep serving bread and coffee because I'm good at that and I get validation from it Mm -hmm. and then I got the good bit of news and this morning I wake up and I'm like ready to write and feeling very inspired and it's just not that my create creativity relies on val- external validation that heavily it's not as simple as that of course I'll always after like a day of moping I'll need to create because it's in me but it can be so influential in how Definitely. we think about our our ability I think yeah you know, that belief from other people, that, that thing of like, I see you, I believe in you, I will give you the space to to realise this and to make it happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's been, yeah, it's been a whirlwind really of like things happening and not happening and yeah. It's good it crazy. went in that order, not happening exactly and happening. Yeah, That's yeah, good. I know. And it was, I felt like I was playing with fire a bit with myself because <laughs> I was like, if this one doesn't come off, then I'm going into a manic depression. Get <laughs> yeah. ready, everyone. I'm already wearing the all black. I've painted my nails black. I was fully ready to embrace it. But no. I think I'll just have half a toe in now. Yeah, 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 know? yeah. Just a kind of like surface level. Yeah. Like I'm actually pretty happy, but my face is still tripping me. 
<laughs> it's just, just sometimes it's nice to embrace your face tripping you for a little bit. Oh, like I have said goodbye to summer. I'm listening to sad tunes. I'm staying in at night. I'm cooking nice meals. I'm wearing all black and I fucking love it. Yeah. Do you, do you only listen to sad tunes in, in the fall? I kind of listen to sad tunes all year round. I just like really, I mean, I do listen to happy music as well. Oh, happy music, what the fuck is that? But like, <laughs> like I like to dance and stuff, but... I also love indulging in my own sadness. And yes. I don't, I hate when people do that and then project it onto other people because I'm like, get your shit together. But like, if it's just you by yourself Absolutely. and you can just sink into your sadness. It's cathartic. Like, it's You've so got to get cathartic. it out. You can't just be holding it in your tummy. Sometimes you just totally. listen to a sad song, read a sad yeah. book, watch a sad film. Totally, totally. I have a thing where I, I don't really have, I don't really have the head for films. I kind of... I, can't concentrate for the full length of a film or I I don't know there's something about that medium I'm not really on board with but I realize that I don't know when I started to do this but for a, from a very young age that when I sense that bit in the film where the like the adversity is going to kick in I would just turn it off <laughs> and then like I would just make the film in my head I'd great like, and then it was fine okay great because I know it's going to be fine I'm like I'm not putting myself through this that's amazing and the old, and so I probably did this for like t- 10 or 15 years completely unaware I was doing it if someone asked me have you seen this film I'd be like yeah and then that would be it you wouldn't have to like justify your position until there was one night where the green mile was on and I was like seeing this film and then uh, I guess I was like flicking through the channels and I went, oh, I've seen this film. And my brother went, no, you haven't. And I was like, yeah, I definitely oh, have. And he was like, God. no, you haven't. You've seen it up to this point. And he was like, it's really important that you watch it. So he basically forced me to watch it. And I remember just like, I I turned it, have you seen The Green Mile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I turned it off before the bit where he like breathes magic life into the yeah, dead yeah, mouse, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, hang on now. <gasps> what the absolute shit is this? That's such a beautiful scene <clears throat> as well. And then... I was just like in my bed, just like weeping uncontrollably because oh. I was like, I don't know what I thought this the ending was going to be, but th- that's not a film where everything turns out right. So no. now I'm very careful um, to uh, make sure when I say I've seen a film, I've actually seen it instead. Yeah, of just making up you the get cussed out. But I also think, okay, so this has made me think of two things. One, that my mum like loves films where nothing where you don't get a happy ending. Like, she loves okay. a really fucked up film. Yeah. Right? Sure. And I vividly remember, like, like for example, like, maybe I'll come home, like, to visit the fam, and she's like, yeah, let's watch that film Bird Box on Netflix, you know? Uh, or And that's just a casual Friday night. And, or, like, I remember me and my sister and her watching this film called Dancing in the Dark. Okay. It's a really, like, niche, like, arty film starring Bjork actually you know it's going to be good yeah it kind of breaks into song at moments but that makes it sound happy (laughs) is it fuck like I can't even tell you what happens but like me and my sister left the room on several occasions pacing up and down the hall and then we'd go back in for more and it was really quite disturbing um so it made me think of that yeah so you and my mum can get together sure and also the thing of like being afraid to say that you haven't seen or heard something. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, oh, have you checked that classic, out? Yeah. And then be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I do it all the time and I need to check myself. I'm like, actually, I should just say, no, I haven't. Tell me more about that. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I think I, I'm generally quite good at being like, oh, no, I haven't heard of that. But, like, quite a lot of, some of the time, I'll just save myself the hassle. 
So I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, I've, yeah. and I, have, I know like the outskirts of what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Like I don't like, want to get into I've it. heard it on the bus. Yeah. But like, I don't actually, I can't connect with you on this reference you're making because I actually don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, so, I think you know? it's like so prevalent in music college, right? Oh my God, yeah. And so I don't know, there's people that I went to college with who would like um, make up like make up the names of standards to say, oh, do you know this one? To see if people would be yeah, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But to be fair, like, that's easy done. Like, Oh, totally. With exactly. standards, like, They'll, fucking hell. Like. Exactly. But it is, it's a thing where it's like, there's stuff you you need to know and stuff you need to like and you have to be really careful instead of just being like, no, I haven't heard of it. I mean, there's like so much I find that so refreshing. Oh, it's so liberating. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, with films, I genuinely think I have seen it until Riley's quite good at saying, okay, well, what happens in it? And then I'm like, well, there's like a bit where there's loads of rubble and he's like, right, that's, you haven't seen it. It's <laughs> worth watching again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go in for another round see if you can lift anything other than that. But yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that no one can find all the stuff, right? So you can't, shouldn't be embarrassed. Also, shaming other people for not having seen or heard something really bums me out. Yeah, fuck They're off. like, what, you haven't? It's like, well... I'm They've probably seen something amazing that you haven't exactly. seen. You know what just I mean? go for it. Like, just yeah, but I also think it's so important to. Oh, that's my other segue. Look at me go. I'm basically fucking running a marathon. <laughs> um, into like not having any fear to to go and see the thing. Yeah. Or to watch the film or like whenever you feel ready. But like sometimes I feel so overwhelmed that there's so much I want to experience and mm. discover. And, like, I feel like recently, you know, like, so, well, first of all, Drag Race UK was back this week, right? So I'm strapped into that you're every ready Thursday for, night. You're, so you're that's in. one of my nights in the week, just flat out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Done, yep. gone. Yep. Don't, Blocked out the diary. Don't contact me. No. But um, just generally with, like, going to see stuff and that stuff's back, it's like I feel very overwhelmed, but I'm trying and I'm trying to, like, get a balance. But I'm also just loving it. So, like, I'm, like... I was having this real problem where I was like, I want to be like making stuff, but I also want to be going out and seeing all the stuff that other people are making. Yeah. And I know that these two things shouldn't like be in com- combat, but like my time is in combat. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I found something really reassuring. So recently I read this poetry collection called Physical, mm-hmm. written by Andrew McMillan, and it actually fucking slaps. Um, like, amazing. Um, and I got it because Aesop, the skincare shop, turned their Soho and Borough shops into queer book shops for like a week. And it was an amazing idea, actually. It was so, it was so fucking good, like, because it would have been London Pride. Mm-hmm. And whereas the co-op put some fucking tacky sequin sign out. Yeah, like made Aesop, one of their sandwiches a LGBT sandwich. Yeah, fucking like food colouring rainbow shithole um (laughs) shit yourself um aesop we're like we're gonna remove all of our products and replace them with fucking amazing accessible literature and anyone can come in and take a free book and it was like shit hot books it wasn't like boring it was like i mean mean, they had like burgers the travis alabanza play so they had like plays and poetry collections and novels and fiction and non-fiction i was just like this is amazing i actually went back twice don't tell anyone um also everyone that works there is fucking beautiful great um so a whole experience really um but physical is the first thing i picked up on recommendation um by someone i was with and it 
like hit me everywhere on my body. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And I then listened to a Scottish Poetry Library podcast with Andrew McMillan um, from 2016, yesterday. And he lectures in creative writing mm-hmm. at this university somewhere. And he was saying, all my students asked me like, what I should be doing to be like writing all the time or like, you know, whatever. And his advice is just to put yourself in the world. Yeah. Like, just go out and have experiences. Like, bear all to life's experience and, and put yourself out in the world. And I found that so reassuring. And the, and then he was like, oh, and then three weeks time, you'll be ready to write about whatever's happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, thank fuck. Like, someone's like, this is great. That's because that's kind of how I try to to do it you know i'm like i just want to have all these experiences and go out and then and then you slowly feel it start to seep out of you when it's ready yeah yeah um yeah so that was really reassuring and i'm really glad i found that this week that's a that is really good advice andrew McMillan. Yeah. well done yeah going back to looping back round to you mentioned bjork so oh, yeah. i've bjork is like a weird gap in my listening because You'd imagine I'd be all over Bjork. Mm, you give me Bjork energy. But the f- I've such a vivid memory of her. Have you seen that video of her going after a photographer, like punching him, like just full on losing her shit? Oh, no, but I can imagine she's, she's pretty rough. Rabid. Yeah. And I saw it when I was quite young and it really made me feel ill. And it was like, I've been frightened of her ever since. It's fine, Kim. Just pause the video halfway through and then make <laughs> and up your own And imagine that ending. it's just a dance. And imagine that she just like gives him <laughs> gives a big a hug. Kissy. Yeah. Um, and like the backstory to that is like that photographer had been harassing her for weeks and harassing her and her child. It kind of makes and, me like, love her more. And now I'm like, obviously, good on you. You lose your fucking Get shit. Get stuck in, babe. Like s- stick up your arse photographer. Um, but I had two really massive long drives this week because I went to Cornwall and back. And... Bjork joined me on the What drive. did you listen to? Um, so, A, I must say that her cover art is just Stunning. the best always, thing. Always, The best, most beautiful, it's like so colourful, I love it so much. And like, she is so good at having photos taken. We need to go to a live show though, this is the next step, because I've yes. never seen her live, but... I, they're like immersive experiences. Yes. They're like full-on installations. Like, And there's this beautiful video of her from ages ago, I think from a documentary, where she's talking about the TV. And she's like, oh, there's little men in the TV. <laughs> and it's like, it, it, it mesmerises me. And so like I've... I knew, we all knew it would happen, but now I'm fully on board and I'm Bjork's biggest fan now. So yes, we have to go and see a live show. What um, records did you listen to out of curiosity? Um, I need to check with Riley. He was doing the curation. Because Vespertine had its like 25th or 20th anniversary recently. Okay. So that was on Radio 6 like all the fucking time, which I was loving sure. recently. And for me, I haven't, I need to listen to more Bjork um, as well, but my like seminal moment with Bjork was actually when I was really really young because I remember going down to Fop on Byers Road with my mum and this is like one of the earliest experiences I have of like buying a a CD and Mm -hmm. and she was like Bjork's debut album was sitting there and she was like you need to buy this and then I was like what if I don't like it and she's like well if you don't like it I'll fucking have it you know because I love it and that record is really lovely and nostalgic for me for that reason. Oh, nice. And I love that record. I mean, it's just amazing. And it has that beautiful harp 
version of like someone in love yes. at the end. That's right. So we listened to that. We listened to Vesper Street and also Post, which is like our second album, which is the one with the very beautiful like pink like tone. Oh yeah, yeah, that sick hyper ballad is the big tune from that, isn't um, it? Um but yeah, just well done everyone. Obviously everyone else knows and loves her, but yeah, yeah I'm I'm on board now. I've I've but that's it. someone that everyone would be like, oh yeah, but you know that record, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very just to appear trendy. You know, like a lot. Oh, of people. definitely. So good for you for doing the work and immersing yourself in it. And yeah, I'm in, it. and I'm ready. And when just locked in, when there's some shows, I'll be there. Yeah. Like I went, I went to see Grace Jones a few years ago, and that I'm so glad I went to see her live because. Oh my god! She knows about putting on. There was this amazing. Um, so obviously it was Fashion Week. Yeah. This week, and there was this amazing. Um, Philip Tracy post about Grace Jones. Oh yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was great. She was just like living, like, you know, there was a great one of her just like giggling away in a hotel room and then performing. And yeah, I really loved that. I was like, this is great, great content. Yeah, actually, yeah, Philip Tracy. We never spoke about the Met Gala as well, I realise. Oh yeah, we definitely should. Yeah, well let's, well. And all the... Let's do that. Yeah, kind of like... There's so, a lot of controversy. Of course. So there's some people that were saying, oh, you shouldn't ever like it because look at these people with all their money and people are starving. I get that. But also, these things, we, we understand the power of art. It does have a place in the world. Mm. Uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's Tax the Rich dress. dress. Beautiful. Everyone went in at her for that. Until she very calmly, clearly, and unsurprisingly explained that it was like ethical, like ethical fashion that was sustainably produced, and everyone stopped getting your knickers in a fucking twist. <sighs> Lil Nas X. Oh, oh, good. Lil Nas is just good. God of the world, grief. right now. Like literally, so God of the world many right things now. happening. Yeah. So many phases of that outfit. Yeah, well and just like. Done someone that I don't think there's such a mainstream there's ever been someone so mainstream so authentically themselves I know do you know what I mean like like in in that way like there's not been that like mainstream black queer like hip hop influenced icon ever before so like seriously groundbreaking artist amazing yeah and that must have taken so much polishing Mm. and shining oh my god you don't want fingerprints on that very bloody shining (laughs) you don't want smudges on that honestly I was cleaning the windows at work and it's fucking it's hard hard because every time you wet it again you need to rub again smear smear so someone's done a really good buff job on that if anyone dribbled on Lil Nas as they must have Mm. I was dribbling Um, I remember seeing a thing that said when there was you know the thing about people ask questioning whether he was queer or not and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. someone saying like of course he of course he is he ran like a Nicki Minaj like fan Facebook group like, <laughs> 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 it's like yeah when he was three <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Like, amazing yeah. um who else what other outfits do you want to shout out there was a lot of beautiful I mean I thought Rihanna looked sick not gonna yeah. lie um but there was a lot of beautiful outfits but you know I I, I saw someone like a friend of mine post like like most of the men in my life, they all let me down at the Met Gala, apart from Lil Nas. Like, cause, and then there was a great meme of like, oh, I can't remember who it was, dressed in this, what, what would appear to be quite a chic 
alt black kind of Berlin moment. But they were like, they could be fucking queuing at Superstore <laughs> on Saturday night. You know, it's yeah, just like, like half the queue. Like, yeah. you know, they obviously thought it was mad, like edgy and groundbreaking. It was like, mate, just go into Dalston, you'll see fucking hundreds of those. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, it's I feel conflicted because the Met Gala, like, it was it's great to watch and like read about and for better or for worse, like I am glad it exists. It's entertaining. Yeah, it disgusts me how much it, money the excess is. You know, pretty gross. You know, but. There's plenty more things I'd shut down before the Met Gala, like Amazon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Dan Levy looked absolutely banging. Yeah, I, I didn't know what I felt about Dan Levy. It was complex, because wasn't it? it was like the big ruffled it was a lot sleeves. Going on. And I was like, I think it was something about his face, maybe, which sounds really bad. Something about his face. But Poor I was Dan. like... He's always said he likes yours. <laughs> Dan can call me anytime <laughs> if he wants to take me out for dinner. Sugar Danny. But I don't know, there was... It wasn't doing it for me, that outfit. It was out there and it... I liked the out the out there-ness of it, but I wasn't like, you look amazing. I was like, you look a bit weird. Yeah. And I like, I like that. But like bringing the weird energy. I like it. Yeah. It made me want to be like, right, I'm going to need to look at this for a long time, try and figure out what's yeah. going on here. I actually have a funny story that is like similar fashion thing. Like, basically, I was doing an audition at the roundhouse and in the main bit of the roundhouse there was a fashion week event going on okay. unbeknownst to me yeah so i rock up with my two dialing boys mm-hmm. and um first of all someone turns around to us and goes oh i think the entrance is actually around the corner just assuming that we were there for the show which boom, i loved boom, boom. i was like yes because we looked fit good assumption um but anyway there was like hunters of press there I think it was Kos was the show or something and there's a lot of trendy looking people and then we were just waiting in the cafe bar for our little nothing to the world audition. Anyway, the panel had been for lunch so we get taken into the room and the panel walk in and I knew there was going to be four people on the panel. So there was like four people that looked like they were about to sit on a panel and one like very statuesque fashionista um, person sunglasses indoors the whole shebang sure. and the panel all kind of turned around once they'd taken a certain number of steps and we're like oh are, are you here for the the fashion event and they were like oh yeah 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 and they were like oh it's it's not actually in here it's we'll take you around so they took this person around and then it turned out they didn't get in because they didn't have a ticket so they just tailgated the panel like, of my audition because yes. they just were like, this is a way into the building, which I thought was hilarious. Nice. Good approach to work, though. Yeah, it was funny. Sorry, everyone. Um. Anyway, I'll never see them again now, but that was funny. Oh, you never know. You might. Well, I don't know. I'll be like, you sneaked into my audition. Um, My mum let me know the other day that she's finally worked out who you remind her of. <gasps> right. And she said, I hope he doesn't get upset because everybody loved him, the person that you remind her of. Okay. Um, Mark Bolin. <gasps> Do you know that's not the first time I've had that? <laughs> Good, well, there and, you go. But I've not had it in years. Oh my God, this is really weird. I remember going to like an after school care in the summer sometimes uh-huh. when mom was working or whatever. And there was a person that worked there that used to say I was like Mark Bolin. So when I was a kid and I had like little curly hair. Yeah. Um so I don't hate that. Great. Glam rock. Right? Yeah, he, he was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Great. That's really cute. So there you go. Tell your mum I love her. 
always. She'll um, be listening. Oh, love you. <laughs> um, yeah, oh my God, do you want to see this picture? I, I know you can't see it, people, but I, I want you to it. hear Kim's reaction. Okay. This is a picture my mom sent me of her back in the day, which I fucking love. Look at this. Oh my God, she's so hip. So hip. Very new romantic club kids. Yes, that looks like a wedding dress. I'm going to ask her if we can post this actually. Yeah. Oh my God, she's so cool. Yeah. That is like, oh. Quite amazing. Great pose. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. Serving, mama. We have to um, share that. Yeah. Um, Anything else? What what have you been... (laughs) Anything else? Any (laughs) advance? I actually did want to read a... Can I read something from physical? Yeah. So this, I actually sent you this. Um, and it's called Choke, like all good things. Mm-hmm. And this is Choke from Physical by Andrew McMillan. Go and buy it, not from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Isn't this how the best of it should be? Taking the body to the point at which it almost breaks and then returning, having had your faith restored in the miraculous fragility of the self. The night I almost ended us, it was your sobbing brought me back. We talked ourselves together and the next day, still wearing your hand around my neck, I found I was struggling to swallow every mouthful was a labour. I became aware of the mechanics of my own body, could feel parts of myself that would usually go unnoticed. After your hand had been on my throat, I learnt the pleasure in possessing capacities that are never quite fulfilled. Almost being broken... Almost leaving, but deciding to tough it out. Beautiful. Amazing, right? Yeah. Big fan. I need to get more of his stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is amazing. He he was really influenced by Tom Gunn. Okay. Who I hadn't, like, known much about, but, yeah, who apparently was this amazing, like, poet who was, like, British, but I think lived in San Francisco, so was always too British for the Americans and too American for the British. Yeah. Um, classic we love a displaced queer mm-hmm. um, so yeah I would just really recommend that. what podcast did you say that you listened to him on it was uh, Scottish Poetry Library nice um, but there's loads like he's a guest on all sorts um, he's from Barnes at Barnsley Barnsley um, yeah he's really cute good I love him okay well go and get ev- everyone go and get that go and get it lovely cover get it as in well. your throat beautiful have that lying out so people yeah just a little here. bum Little bum. A little bit of bum. Yeah, little peak. Yeah. Um, this week was uh, my best friend anniversary, the anniversary of uh, me and my best friend I becoming love. best friends. I love. Um, and usually we're away because there's a, a jazz conference that happens um, around this time every year, uh, which is where we met. Well, we'd met before, but um, I thought Cemented. she was a knob. Oh, coasted. <laughs> And she presumably felt the same about me. Um, but, um, yeah, we didn't go. So instead we did much better time. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. you got to do your own thing. Um, and we, this year, um, had a little list of gifts to get the other person. Favourite drink, favourite snack. Amazing. Something they need, something that reminds you of them, something that sums us up. That's so exciting. So fun. That's so fun. So um, I had to like fart around in uh, Waterstones and Piccadilly for ages trying to find this book on trains because I'll tell you what, Amy loves a train. Really? Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I mean, as long as 
they work. Yeah, they'll take you somewhere. Which they quite often like, don't. Exactly. That's then, and they smell you. There's no. Um, but anyway, I had prefer started. a train to a plane. Do you prefer a plane? Absolutely. Oh. I prefer every method of transport above a train. Um, so yeah, bus. to. F- I love a bus. To be fair. You see. I love a London bus. You see all of the world on a bus. You do, yeah. In and out. Okay, hate the tube. Don't mind a train. Is that all right? Yeah. Like National Rail. You is fan? about the only national thing I can get on board with. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, sorry. Okay. Go on, uh, Yeah, so I had to be like, oh, do you have a straight book on trains? I've never thought I'd ask that question. Yeah, I know. Really. Oh, disgusting. Um, and then we spent the day at the Tate, went to the Sophie Talbert Arp exhibition, which is beautiful. Uh, Sophie Talbert Arp was um, uh, an artist that was part of like the French Dada movement and actually worked in every conceivable medium like painted made puppets got involved with beads uh, made furniture and then the second world war happened and her and her husband Jean Arp Jean Arp who's also an artist they kind of fled so spent time kind of traversing France and then finally were given passage to go to Switzerland Um, so she didn't have any materials so the last bit of her life she was just drawing like incredible drawings um, and then there, she had a train book to go f- from France to Switzerland um, but she but she missed it so she stayed in like a little sort of garden kind of summer house thing and she died of carbon monoxide poison she was only 53 Fuck hell. but the, her exhibition at Tate Modern is huge because she has this massive output of work which she the other amazing thing is she didn't destroy it it still exists because mm. like Lots of art, like Francis Bacon used to destroy all his work, so it's hardly any bit left. Yeah, like we spoke about you know? in the episode. So, but Sophie Talbert either kept a lot or everyone who then received the work kept it. So it's like... Amazing. It's really nice to kind of walk through someone's life in a retrospective because you get when to see so them develop. When there's so much to take in. So good. Um, yeah, so that is a beautiful exhibition, which I think is on for a couple more weeks. Um, and... The tape was really empty, which is my favourite yeah. thing. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, Karen Polwart. I've got tickets to go and see her next <gasps> week. And I'm so excited. Oh my God, I love Karen Polwart. <sighs> Why have we never discovered this I before? I do not know. There, there's a song of hers mm-hmm. called Don't Worry. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. it literally got me through yep. a year where I was like not happy. You were worried. And I was worried all the time. Yeah. And I would like put it on as I had a shower in the morning. Oh, it's so lovely. And it's like, don't worry, worry and won't pay the yeah. bills. And like, I was just like, oh my God. I would <gasps> trade in the swell of the ocean for one tiny the little, little molehill or oh, something. Oh, yeah, molehill, Mole yeah. Oh. I know, she's just, she's an absolute delight. The album that she's playing? Uh, Cadogan Hall. <gasps> Perfect. With Inga and her, her brother. Because um, she's got a new album out with Dave Milligan, the piano really? player. Really? Wow. Um, but did you hear the album she did with Molly Simon? No, that's who it's about. Um, she did like a sort of concept album, just her and like a sound artist, which like told the story of the life of her her neighbour, Molly Syme. Um Kind of told through the... Using the migratory path of birds as like this, as the arc of the story, because... Her where she lives in, like Midlothian, is one the kind of 
one of the migratory paths of birds kind of cuts across so she sees them kind of moving around um but there's this like it's so it's kind of half there are half songs kind of throughout it but there's a lot of her kind of just telling the story with her lovely 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 voice um uh, yeah, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, some of some old songs that she brings back that I guess she wrote for her uh, initially, but yeah, just the most brilliant thing. So I'm so looking forward to that because there is just nothing more life affirming than a Karen Polwart gig. Amazing. You, and the album that she did, did you see the that Scottish exhibition about Scottish pop music that was in like was it Chamber Street, the Museum no. of Scotland? a few years ago called Rip It Up, I think. And she was asked to, like, curate, kind of pick Scottish songs from that were her favourite. Well, yeah, I know she did an album, yeah, Scottish Songbook. Yeah, yeah, So that was from... It grew out of this being involved in that exhibition. Um, Nice. But then there was one... So there's one that she did, because the last time I saw her at Cadogan Hall, it was around that the time of that album, I guess. Um, And even though the the band aren't Scottish, she felt like she needed to do it because it was a, a, the only opportunity to kind of jam it in. So there's this, on her Facebook page, there's this lovely video of her doing Video Killed the Radio Star, oh. which is like, so cute and lovely. So yeah, I'm going to see that on the 9th and that will be delightful. the best thing because she is so lovely. Um, Something just occurred to me there, but it's gone now. What is this? Oh, that, so this is... um. Something that sums us up, gift from Amy. The Inseparables. Oh, that's great. Simone de Beauvoir's discovered novel. So she wasn't wasn't published in her lifetime, but the manuscript existed. So someone has now, Lauren Elkins has translated it and it's now out. So this is a thing where, yes, the cover and the title sums us up. Unfortunately, though... The story... Different vibe. Yeah, what, what's the vibe? Well, it is it is about a female friendship, and it does say life without her would be death. And I like that. It's a bit intense, but... But, okay, I mean, I'm it's down. good to be up front um, this, this late on. And then it says the compulsive story of two friends growing up and falling apart. Oh, falling apart. Sometimes I feel, I feel like I've fallen apart, so that's... <laughs> but then a lot of it is to do with unrequited love, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was going to say I yeah, was getting that You're getting that vibe, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, maybe it's a message... Maybe. Ponder what you will, you know. So, but it is it's really beautiful, and uh, that's what I'm reading at the moment. Um, I read mm. on the train on the way here. Um, what's your other book that you've got for sure? I'm reading First Comes Love, mm-hmm. which is a book by Tom Rasmussen mm-hmm. on marriage and other ways of being together, and I'm just finding it really interesting. It's like, you know, Tom kind of explores the explore the institute of marriage. And that kind of compulsive compulsion that we all have to get married. Yeah, know, as what, like why? The, the aim. Yeah, you win at life. You've made it. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. there is certainly huge state benefits if you're married mm-hmm. in terms of rights and not just the social status, but legalities. Mm-hmm. And looking at that through all types of lenses. So, like the pressure on people, the gender roles at play how they're reinforced through marriage, um, the state's role in looking after people, people that are for marriage, anti-marriage, um, the amount of money spent on weddings, like work, even by working class people, like they'll go all out for oh, a wedding, yeah. more than they ever would to buy themselves nice things, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and 
uh, looking at queer rights and marriage mm-hmm. and the kind of assimilation versus abolitionist yep. argument and um, looking at folk who have married themselves, mm-hmm. folk who have married ghosts. Lovely. Um, just really quite interesting. Quite a um, broad look at it. Yeah, it's it's huge. It covers a lot. Um, and then through that book, I was also reading about Bethnal Rouge. Tell me more. Which was an amazing commune of gender non-conforming kind of acid drag queens from the London Gay Liberation Front. Okay. Who, a faction of the London Gay Liberation Front, who lived in these squat, squatter communes in London. Mm-hmm. And... Brixton and then moved to East End and became Bethnal Rouge was founded. It was this crazy squatter's house, like rum, a uh, come anarchist bookshop, mm-hmm. like whenever they could be asked to open, <laughs> yeah. of like 20 folk who were just fucking like saying fuck you to society and the way we should live, you know? Yeah. Um. So I found a really good WordPress like article about Bethnal Rouge and was reading about that. Cool. And, and it kind of gave me some chuckles and yeah just it was like i'm so glad that this existed and yeah yeah, yeah it was cool did you see adam's film i haven't watched it yet oh it's so beautiful it. yeah so the adam jeans episode that we did after our summer break we had two episodes of adam first one we talked about pride and the second one we talked about the sisters of perpetual indulgence yeah um and so marco alessi who's this brilliant beautiful filmmaker um, kind of restaged the canonization of Derek Jarman that was performed by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Um, and so the film that's on, it's on Guardian Documentaries um, is like a kind of documentary that accompanies that sort of the re-filming of it, which is lovely. So you get to see, you get to see the the cast, which is really interesting. So I mean, the person he's got to play Adam is beautiful mm. and actually looks the most like the person they're playing, I think. Um, but yeah, so there's kind of footage, little bits of footage from Marco's film, bits of footage from the original, and then quite a lot of footage of the four remaining sisters mm. from that, um, both in full habit and in civilian clothes, um, just talking about it and the impact and the looking back on it now and what it was like to see it being done again, which must be a really weird experience. Really weird, yeah. Um, and obviously a little bit of a chance to... There's some really nice kind of archive footage of Derek in on protests and on marches and stuff, and mm. it's just really beautiful. And I'm going to watch that today. It's, it's like, I don't know, 20 minutes or 25 minutes, but it's just... It's such a lovely introduction to both the sisters and to Derek. And like you were saying with, from that book, you found this other thing. It's a really nice starting point that could take you on all sorts of different... All sorts of directions, yeah. Um, and how jokes that I was in Superstore the other night and I saw that picture. I know. Like, I so it was a picture that um, Adam had, like, the original. Yeah, he was showing us and all I those... And I took a picture yeah. of it. And uh, did we post that one? I don't know if we, because we got loads and maybe we did, I don't know if we posted that one actually. The, um, my mother is a male homosexual sign <laughs> yeah. holding one. And then I was in Superstore the other night and there was a printout of that photo behind the bar. And yeah. I was like, and I spoke to them and was like, 
who put that photo up there? Yeah. And they were like, I don't know, it's been here for years. And I was like, that's so jokes, because I would have never noticed that before. No. But now I know exactly who it is and like yeah. where it comes from. I'm like, oh my God, that's so jokes that it's there. It's just enshrined there. Enshrined in Superstore. So many, um, well, yeah, so many people like you will have seen it and yeah. not really registered to it. Yeah, so yeah. now we know where we can look it up. It's brilliant. Um, the other thing I've been doing is reading, I've been thinking a lot about, um, well, I made some big decisions actually this week about things that I was doing that weren't bringing me any joy. Good. And I'm glad I to hear this. Fuck them all. Good. Um, and d- just decisions about your finite energy, where you're going to put it. And so, um, actually, after this, we, after we do this, I'm going to the Prisoner Solidarity AGM. Um, and but they had this event, or or some people from the network did this kind of two day conference on transformative justice, which I couldn't go to, but because I really wanted to be there, so I got some kind of got the reading list. I was kind of looking through and there's this really brilliant book called um, We Do This Till We Free Us, which is by a woman called Mariam Kaba, um, which is kind of like a like a really practical look at organising around kind of abolitionist strategy. But a lot of it is to do with how do you balance your emotional response to things with your kind of intellectual beliefs about Mm. stuff um and how do you you know how and i think we've talked about this before so how do you handle kind of the emotional impact of a of a defeat you know as it were and that kind of activist defeat um how do you kind of make sure that your own stuff isn't standing in the way of you doing good work or whatever um and then really interestingly she talks, she addresses the, which is like one of the big sticking points or one of the things that is kind of the, one of the most common questions people will ask if you propose, maybe we shouldn't have prisons anymore, is what are you going to do with the sex offenders? Mm. Like sexual violence is a big, is a big thing, is a, is a real trigger point for people. Yeah. And it talks about the fact that we're so we've learned so firmly those things, those kind of almost like the levels of disgust at certain behaviours that are obviously they're all learned. So, and some, and over, over time they can change very slowly societally, but they are really ingrained. And even if we're not aware of it, we do have a kind of hierarchy of criminal behaviour in our mind um, that is a kind of more bad, less bad spectrum. And even people who, and, and, and she says this herself, even as someone who is a committed abolitionist, it's very, very difficult for me not to like rejoice when someone is punished for something that disgusts me. Yeah. And I think that's really brave of her to say that because I think when you are, it's, it's, it is it's quite an exposed position to be an activist, as we know in any form, but that's a very nuanced position, right? Wow. That's amazing, yeah, I respect that. And she said that a lot of kind of young activists will get in touch with her and say either I've completely like burnt out, like I don't how am I how am I meant to do this for the length of time you've done it? Um 
but also people who are yeah really struggling with those sorts of things um like in my head i know this is right to abolish prisons mm. but it, my heart is really struggling with these sort of these things i can't get past and she's really good at saying well a you're probably not going to reconcile them you just have to understand where what where that feeling's coming from that it was a learnt response and just know how to manage it and she also said one of the most common pieces of advice I give is movements don't work to your own timeline. Right. Like your timeline is completely incidental. It's only about you, your growth, your life, whatever. It's not tied to anything else. And I, and I, th- I guess that's one of the big reasons for burnout is people feeling that things aren't moving fast enough. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's that's it's quite a hard thing to sort of consistently remind yourself of that it's something bigger I guess than you and you can't dictate the pace as well exactly yeah um so really nice kind of kind of almost like a survival guide um which is I think is really beautiful That's brilliant. um I'll we can post the the link to it there's it's actually available online to read for free um and yet because actually someone got in touch with me recently asking for advice about a kind of similar thing in a find themselves in a difficult position um was conflicted because her like professional head was telling her one thing and her sort of political head and emotional heart telling her something else and i guess it's sometimes it's like i don't know if you've felt this but you feel like you have to you feel like you're the spokesperson for your whole 100%. thing. Yeah. Either what you are or what you believe in or what you're working toward or whatever. Yeah. And I guess the real pressure to not let anyone down. Yeah. To never be, to never contradict that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or change it. Yeah, it's so hard, especially when, like, I'm, I'm aware, as I need to remind myself a lot of the time that I am super young and, I'll change and I'll grow and like it sometimes it feels like by living out my truth and my art so publicly that I'll be held to everything I ever say or do yeah you know yeah and and I, I all, all I can say is like I'm messy and chaotic and yeah. I do change and I, I'm human you know especially when more and more everything we say and do is kind of archived for yeah, other people yeah, to exactly. find. Yeah, exactly. Even like social media, like everything, it feels like every time you post something, it's cemented there forever. And and I think if you just try not to deep it too much and you go, well, that's a reflection of a, a state and a time. Yeah, that's what I, I felt that, right, right there in that know? moment. It's okay. And I I still feel I have my integrity, you know. Definitely. And, I think if we all just embrace the fact that we're all just multitudes, we're all just learning. heaps of contradictions and we're allowed to change our mind we should be changing our mind all the time exactly otherwise you're that's a problem exactly yeah um so yeah seems like we've read a lot of good stuff yeah look at us us just just growing just living um next time we can talk about the normal heart because we'll have (gasps) seen it tune in um get ready for that have you seen the trailer for it or the little video that? Yeah, in the rehearsal room. Yeah, yeah. Is... I was like, "Fuck me, I need to bring some tissues." Yeah, it's gonna be a weepy. It's gonna be a weepy one. Um, is the main character putting on an American accent? 
Oh, I don't know. I'm normally quite bad at detecting these kind of things. Um, I don't know. Okay, sometimes I did find... it feel a bit contrived. Well, I didn't watch it with the sound on, but I know he's British. But it looks like oh. he has an American accent. Yeah, no, he's American in the thing. Oh right, well, it's an accent then. Sorry, that was such a weird <laughs> interaction. I didn't know what you were asking me there. I thought you were asking, like, you were like, oh, did you think he was putting it on as well? Oh, right. No. No, I can obviously tell if... It... <laughs> I was like, it's Luca telling me when someone speaks, he doesn't American know accent. where they're from. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, he was good. He had me sold. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah. Um, I can't remember... What I've seen him in, I've seen him in quite a lot of TV stuff. Right. Um, but it's very good. He he's. It looks like it's going to be a very intense. Yeah. Is it going to be another long one? No interval. Probably. Hold your wee in. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Your bladder. Well, I'm going tonight. I'll let you know. I'll there's you a know. question mark around the accessibility. I've got to say. Yeah. Like some people need to do wee wees. Yeah. And they shouldn't be punished by they not being allowed just, to see well, I, I fucking sat through an hour and 35 long symphony last night. Yeah. That was long. Yeah. And I was a bit like, we thank God like I didn't fidget. buy a drink at the bar. Yeah. Do you know what? I was actually okay. I think I was so tired. Yeah. That I was quite content just, just sitting just there sitting enjoying still. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, have I told you about the app that I've got? That uh, Obviously, I don't really watch films to the end, so I don't know why I've got this, but... Um, that tells you when you can go to the toilet in a film. What? So you put the film you're watching in and it goes, okay, so if you go between 1 hour 17 and 1 hour 20, nothing really happens. It's like <gasps> a filler scene. That's amazing. Isn't it the best thing? And so theatre, because National Theatre, they're all over new technology. They've got like the really directional translation, translated sound. They've got the glasses where you can see the... Um, Sign language interpreter on in the periphery of your eye, even though they're not there. Like fucking space age shit. So they should be getting that app. They're making their own one. That's amazing. Yeah, because it is. And What's then, it called? Um, hold on, let me see. And it you um, it gives you a little synopsis. Here's what you missed. They said this. You said that. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Yeah. You're so. Of course, you have this. I feel like you're the most time efficient person. <laughs> I, no, I but I've also got the worst. Because you're like, you're like, I don't have any time. Tell me what I've missed. <laughs> just, that's it. Give just, me the reading just list. Give me the like the. Because even the when I'm peeing, <laughs> I am doing six other jobs <laughs> that I need to um, do. Yeah, it's called uh, Run P. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so Everyone, go download Run P. Go download Run P. You won't regret it. Okay. Bye. Yeah. All right. Bye.